Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. You remember that Paul has reported to the Corinthians that he's going to visit them for a third time. And when he comes, he's going to examine those who have been reported to have been involved in sin to see if, in fact, that is true. And if it is true, whether they have repented of it and put it behind them. And so he gives them an opportunity between the time that the epistle, the Second Corinthian epistle, arrives and the time that he arrives so that they can be working on these things and getting their lives in order, getting their testimony right, getting their sins confessed and forsaken, getting things made right with other people that they have had a bad relationship with for one reason and another, getting things in good order so that when Paul comes, this will not be a difficult time. But he tells them there is going to be an examination. And that examination, he tells us, will be principled. That's chapter 13, verse 1. It will be based upon righteous principles. Only if there's sufficient evidence will anyone be accused of guilt. Will anyone be pronounced guilty? Only at the mouth of two or three witnesses, just like God says in the book of Deuteronomy, and the principle that was followed carefully by the people of God throughout all the centuries. So the examination, Paul says, that I will conduct in the church when I come will be principled, but it will be painful, at least for some, for those who have previously been warned and have not done anything about the sins that I have warned them about, those who are guilty of sin and have not dealt with it as commanded, those who have not repented, they're going to be declared guilty and are going to be punished. The time for patience, for enduring long-suffering, persevering long-suffering in these matters of getting your lives right is about to come to an end. So take advantage of the period you now have before my visit takes place, before I arrive, because when I arrive, I am going to conduct this examination in your church. And so that's what Paul tells us in verses 1 and 2, and we will continue on in verse 3 and following as we have time. Thank you for joining me on this Monday, December 4. Thank you for supporting the Beacon Broadcast with your prayers and with your financial gifts. Thank you for considering a special 
year-end gift to the Beacon Broadcast as we approach the end of the year 2023. Let's read the first three verses of chapter 13. This will be the third time I am coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. I have told you before, and foretell, as I were present, in, in, uh, were present rather the second time, and now, being absent, I write to those who have sinned before, and to all the rest, that if I come again, I will not spare. Since you seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, who is not weak toward you, but mighty in you. That's an interesting statement of verse 3. I find a lot of interesting statements in the epistles of Paul. I found a lot of them in, in the Corinthian epistles. I find many of them that need to be examined carefully and need to be thought through very thoroughly in order to understand what God is saying to us by the Apostle Paul. But here's what he's saying. He's still talking about this examination that's going to take place when he comes that will be principled, verse 1. It will be painful, verse 2. But he tells us in verse 3, it will be powerful. Now, the critics of Paul had accused him, among other things, of being weak when he came in person. Remember, they said something like, his letters are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak. Okay, said Paul. I've heard these, uh, <laughs> these criticisms that have to do with the weakness of my bodily presence, but you don't understand. My meekness has been mistaken for weakness. I can be strong. I will be strong. You'll, you'll experience my strength when I come. It's not that I don't have authority. It's not that I've failed to exercise the authority that is given to apostles. But I have been mild and gentle and persuasive rather than bombastic in my presence with you. But what I'm telling you is... On this third visit, I'm going to furnish proof of my apostolic authority and the power that God has given me to carry out my apostolic responsibilities. You think I am weak in my bodily presence, and you find that to be something that is, uh, is lacking in my ministry? Well, think about the Lord Jesus Christ. The general characteristic of his earthly ministry was meekness. We talk about the gentle Jesus, meek and mild. And yet we know that there were some occasions when he was anything but meek and mild. As when he, twice in his ministry, both at the beginning of his public ministry and at the end, he drove the money changers out of the temple. That's not gentle Jesus, meek and mild. That's strong Jesus that nobody could resist. Really, nobody could resist him when he did that. And on some other occasions when he denounced hypocrites, when he denounced the Pharisees, he could be exceedingly strong and powerful and authoritative, but most of the time he was gentle. 
gentle shepherd was our Lord. And Paul is saying, yes, my bodily presence was a lot like Christ's. I was primarily meek and and gentle among you. I was loving and kind among you. But don't mistake my meekness for weakness. It's not the same thing. Remember, the Bible tells us that Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. And yet there were times when he rose up with great strength, great power, great authority, excoriated the the members of the the nation of Israel in the wilderness because of their sins, struck the rock and, and the water gushed out and so forth. He showed incredible strength, physical strength, verbal strength. And yet his general characteristic that most, most characterized him, that most people would remember if they were around him for any length of time, was his meekness, his humility, his gentleness, like Christ, like Paul. Like, I would suggest, that all ministers of the gospel should strive to be. When you find a minister of the gospel whose general persona is one of strong denunciation and whipping everybody into shape, and that's, that's about all you see, you're not seeing a Christ-like individual because that's not the way Jesus was. That's not the way other godly people in the Bible were. That's not the way Paul was. But if you show me a minister who's always so mamby-pamby that he can't even rise to show strength on occasions that demand it, then you also find somebody who's not like Christ. But we should strive to be gentle, to be humble, to be careful, to be considerate, to be polite, to be persuasive rather than forcing people to do what we want them to do. That should be our general persona. That should be what people think of when they think of us. And if that's not what they think of, then maybe we're doing something wrong. Maybe we're not conforming ourselves to the image of Christ, as we ought to do. Yes, Paul was meek, and he makes no apology for it, but he says, that's not all there is to me. That may be what you have seen the most of, and that's what the critics are holding up and and saying, that demonstrates that I don't really have apostolic authority. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Don't mistake my meekness for weakness. Just because you haven't seen that strong side of me very often, you only read it in my epistles, but you don't hear it in my voice when I come to you. When I come this time, you'll have the proof. You'll have the proof that I can be strong. You'll have have the proof that I do possess apostolic authority that's been given to me by Christ. You will know that I can come to you in power, dunamis, power, like you see in the lives of others, I, I suppose, maybe like Peter. Even though, Paul says these things, even though they have already been given proof of his power in several ways. Number one, the fact that they are Christians. Their own conversion is evidence of the power of God operating in the life and ministry, the words and the presence of the Apostle Paul. How did they miss that? 
the signs of an apostle that he referred to in chapter 12, verse 12, that he says were performed among you. The miracles of healing, other sign gifts that Paul exercised as an apostle of Christ. They are the signs of an apostle. They were first exercised by Jesus Christ, and then his apostles, his chosen apostles, were given the power to exercise them as well. It didn't belong to everybody. It didn't continue on after the apostolic age, but it was invested in all of the apostles. Paul was an apostle. The signs of an apostle were done among you. How did you miss that? Isn't it interesting that when people get a critical spirit, I'm sure you've noticed this, they only dwell on certain things and conveniently overlook other things that would call into question the, the conclusions that they have drawn because they want to draw them, not because they're necessarily valid conclusions. That's what the Corinthians were doing. Listening to the false teachers who had their own agenda, they wanted to tear down the authority, position, and and uh, effectiveness of the Apostle Paul. So they criticized him with everything they could think of. But the Corinthians, who had in their own conversion and what they had seen and witnessed with their own eyes in the signs of an apostle, they had evidence that Paul did have the power of Jesus Christ in his life, but they listened to the critics and they said, well, he's, he is kind of meek and mild. He, he doesn't pound the pulpit. He talks in a gentle voice. Maybe they're right. Paul said, you'll find out. Verse 3, since you seek proof of Christ speaking in me, who is not weak toward you, but mighty in you. Christ is not weak toward you, He is mighty in you. You have been transformed by the power of Christ through my words spoken to you. Think this through. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.